All right, we're looking forward to Vacation Bible School. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. And follow in your Bibles as I read. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine, hand, thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast heed of instruction. Let, let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken from them, unless they cause some to fall. For they eat the bread of, of wickedness, and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. My son, attend in my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lip, lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Let's pray. Father, direct our thoughts today as we look into your word. And I pray that we as dads might get the message today, and that everyone might heed the warnings from the scripture help us all to walk that good path and if there's someone here today who's on the wrong path they're still in part of the kingdom of darkness i pray that they trust christ as their savior today work in hearts and accomplish your will and we'll give you the glory we pray in jesus name amen as you know today is father's day a day when we honor fathers and recognize the importance of the father in a home the passage we just read from Proverbs is written by a father. His name was Solomon. To his children, verse 1 says, and uh, he mentions, uh, hear ye children. And then especially to his son, verse 10 says, hear, O my son. And so he's instructing his son. He is a dad instructing his son by using what he has learned from his dad, who was David. We find that in verses 2 through 9. For I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Now this is the words that David taught Solomon. 
Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. So through verse 9, he's rehearsing what his dad told him. So a father is telling his son what his dad told him. Now we all know that fathers are fallible. We've all failed. Every father here has failed in some way. David instructed Solomon, this instruction we have that David gave Solomon was after his great affair, his, uh, his great fall with Bathsheba. You remember the child, because of that, that sin died. And then Solomon was the one who was born later. And so this was after David's great fall. And uh, from Psalm 51, we find that David uh, confessed it to the Lord. You remember when the prophet uh, confronted David, then David confessed, but he confessed to the prophet. Well, later he confessed to the Lord. And Psalm 51 records that. It says, Have mercy upon me, O God. And then he says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my, my sin. Against thee only have I sinned. And so he's, he's confessing to the Lord. Confession is agreeing with God, admitting to God that you have sinned. And then he cries this, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. So David is asking for restoration. He confesses and he asks the Lord to restore him. And so the Lord did restore him. And David followed the Lord seemingly the rest of his life. And that would have included his life with Solomon. And so he's expressing to Solomon what he, some of the things that he's learned. But then Solomon addresses his own son. Now after David's restoration to God, he followed the Lord. But the sad thing is that Solomon... Uh, failed the Lord after he gave these instructions to his son. Because late in his life, we read it in 1 Kings chapter 11. Uh, Let me read that passage or that verse. It says of David that he married many foreign women. And it says this, And it came to pass when Solomon, that is Solomon married many foreign women, and it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart Uh, after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. So Solomon sinned late in his life, and uh, but what he gives us is the word of God. And regardless of how, whether Solomon failed or not, which he did, it's still the word of God, and we can count on it as true. And so they're good instructions uh, for us. From these verses, we can, we can, we find out some characteristics of a good path. You see, God wanted us to walk, wants us to walk a good path. Solomon told his, his son to walk the right path. And so we have some characteristics of a good path that a father should walk. And that's why I give the title of the message today, Choose the Good Path, Daddy. Now in VBS this week, as you have seen, we're going to teach our young people that there are two kingdoms. There's a good kingdom led by God, and there's a bad kingdom led by, this, by Satan. God's kingdom is a kingdom of light. Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. Those in God's kingdom are going to heaven. Those in Satan's kingdom are going to hell. There's quite a contrast between these two kingdoms. So fathers need to make sure that you're in God's kingdom because those who are following you will probably follow you where you go. And those in Satan's kingdom are going to hell. Unless they get out of that kingdom and and trust the Lord as their Savior, they're going to hell. 
So if you have tra- haven't trusted Christ as your Savior and children or grandchildren look up to you, if they follow you, they're going to follow you into hell. So it's very important that you heed the instructions that we give today. Many years ago, I heard a story. And it was a story about a man who was given to drink. His wife was a godly woman. She loved the Lord and she served the Lord and she tried to lead her children the right way. But she couldn't get her husband to follow her. She couldn't get him to go to church on Sunday morning and hear the word of God. And she prayed that he would get saved. And she tried to get him to understand that. He would not have anything to do with it. Saturday night, he went to the bar. And usually Saturday night, he came home drunk. And she tried as she could. She couldn't get him to come. One night, on Saturday night, she was trying to discuss to him again the importance of him going to church. And he wouldn't have it. And he got mad at her. He got angry. And he left the house. And he said, I'm going to the bar. It was a wintry night. The snow covered the, covered the, uh, the, the uh, sidewalk and the yard. And as he walked out through the yard, he got a good ways from the yard, and he heard something, and he turned around, and it was his little boy. And his little boy was following him, stepping in his footsteps. He said, what are you doing, son? Get home. You're going to get a cold. And the little boy said, Daddy, look, I'm following in your footsteps. That brought conviction to the man. And he turned around and went back home. Next Sunday, that next day, he went to church with his mom, with his his wife. And he trusted the Lord as his Savior and became a different man. And that's happened many times when people realize that their path was leading their children the wrong way. And if you're not on the right path, you need to understand that uh, your children will probably follow you. And it's sad when they follow the the wrong way. This morning, I want us to look in this passage and see, because he talks about a path, I want us to see some characteristics, six characteristics of a good path that a father should follow. The first characteristic is this. We find it in verse 1 and some other verses as well. He says, hear ye children the instruction of a father. Now, that comes from Solomon, but it's written in God's word, so it's what God wanted us to hear, so God's talking to us. Hear the instruction. So the first thing you have to do to make sure that you're on the right, or characteristic of the good path, is it's a path where people listen to what God has to say. Verse 2 says, good doctrine. Doctrine is teaching. Verse 4 says, he taught me. And so we have the record, and so God's teaching us. It says, receive my sayings, verse 4. Verse 13, take fast hold of instruction. Verse 20, attend to my words. And so to be on the good path, you have to be a person who's listening to the word of God. It's sad but true. There's many many a father today who never give heed to God at all. They don't listen to him. They don't want anything to do with his word. They don't read the Bible. They don't go to church so they can hear the Bible preached. Uh, They don't uh, uh, listen to anything on the radio that has to do with with, uh, the scripture. They don't want to hear from God, and they're on the wrong path, and the path is leading to the wrong place. A good path, if you're on the good path, you're going to let the Word of God speak to your heart. You're going to read it. You're going to be concerned what it says. You're going to go to church. You're going to read, listen to the messages. You are going to be interested in what God has to say. So the good path is the path where you're listening to the Word of God. 
The second characteristic of the good path is this. Verse 5 says, get wisdom and get understanding. The good path is a path where you get wisdom and understanding from God. You hear his words and then you receive wisdom and understanding. You know, you don't get wisdom and understanding if you neglect the word of God. Because that's the source of it. So if you're going to hear it, that's the first thing. But secondly, you've got to learn wisdom and understanding. Who is wiser than God? I want to ask you this morning, and I'm sure your answer would be nobody. Who has more understanding than God? No one. But it's even greater than that. Nobody even comes close. God knows everything. God is all wise, and to prove that, he has never made a mistake, and he never can, because God's all wise. Psalm 111 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and a good understanding have all they that do his commandments. So he says, get wisdom and get understanding. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't fear God, you haven't got the first base in wisdom. There's a lot of people today who are considered wise, and they're looked up to by other people, and yet they don't know Jesus, and they don't really, they're not really wise at all. There's a lot of people who have many degrees behind their name. Some people are teachers. Some people are professors in, in, in universities. Some are scientists, and they have all this knowledge, but they don't have any wisdom because they don't fear God. And that's why this... The, the Proverbs tell us, again, you know, that you can be wiser than your teachers because you know the Lord and you fear him. So wisdom comes by fearing God. And what is understanding, true understanding? Well, it's obeying God. Understanding is obeying God. You might have wisdom, but you follow through with understanding. That means you obey God. You understand what he has to say. You obey what he has to say. If your path is a path of disobedience against God, I can guarantee you your path is void of understanding and it's void of wisdom and it's going to lead to the wrong place. Make sure as a father that you are a person who hears God's instructions and then you get wisdom and understanding from the Lord. Now, the Bible also tells us that wisdom is personified in Jesus Christ. So we who know Jesus Christ, we have him, and because we have him, we have the source of wisdom and understanding. You must know Jesus to be on that good path. Also, the good path is a path that identifies evil for what it is. You know, today, I'm sure you're aware of this, we live in a society where if you call sin what it really is, sin, you're considered radical. I heard that just the other day from a politician that called us, we who have conservative thoughts, we who are Christians, who believe the word of God, they consider us as radical. And it's becoming very prominent today that we're called radical. Well, we're not radical, we're just right. (laughs) Because if you agree with God, you're right. But we live in a day where they're trying to sanitize sin. Sanitize sin means they make it to be good rather than evil. They call good evil and evil good. And so the Lord tells us that we shouldn't do that. And it's interesting, this passage in chapter 4, the writer of this passage does not do that. He calls out sin for what it is. But today, abortion is called a woman's right to choose. 
you know, murdering a baby is sanitized by saying, oh, it's a woman's right to choose. No, it's, it's murder. That's what it is. Fornication is called freedom. It's called love, but it's still sin. Adultery is considered an affair of someone who has the right to be happy. Have you ever heard that? Well, I have the right to be happy. No, you don't. You have a responsibility to obey God, and God says if you do that, he'll give you happiness. But we don't have a right to be happy. In fact, uh, what we deserve is to go to hell. <laughs> but many people justify their adultery because they're unhappy with what the situation they're in, and they say, I have a right to be happy. Homosexuality is, of course, approved of today. Transgenderism is approved of today. The letters they use are LGBTQIA+. It's really getting longer all the time. And what all that says is that we're not content with you just accepting us. We want you to approve of us. Acceptance is a thing of the past. They want approval. That means you have to come to the place where you say it's right. But God says, no, you can't do that if you obey God. You have to say it's wrong. You have to call sin, sin. You know, you can take a pig and dress him up all you want to. You could put a dress on a pig. You can put lipstick on its lips. If a pig has lips, I'm not sure about that. But uh, you can put a bow on its head. You can put perfume on it, give it a good bath, and then put perfume on it. But guess what you still have? You have a dressed up, cleaned up pig. It's still a pig. And sin is that way. You can call it all you want to call it, but it's still sin. The Proverbs that we read this morning in chapter 4, let's point that out. Let me just give you some of the words that are used. Wicked, verse 14, 17, and 19. Evil, verse 14. Mischief, verse 16. Violence, verse 17. Darkness, verse 19. Stumbling, verse 19. Froward, which means crooked, verse 24. Perverse, which means devious, that's verse 24. Uh, the, the, the writer of the Proverbs, Solomon, calls sin what it is. And we dare not sanitize sin. It's still sin. So the good path is a path that a father chooses. And if you're walking that good path, you call sin what it is. And you point it out. And you don't, come, you don't go along with all this talk today where they're trying to say it's okay. It's not okay. It's still wrong. And so those on the good path call sin for what it is. Also, the good path is a path that rejects all evil. You know, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 6, you'll just turn over a page, you can read that. Psalm, uh, Proverbs 6, verse 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue. Well, we could use that in politics today, couldn't we? To let them know God says, I hate your lies. <laughs> Hands that shed innocent blood. That's the abortionist for sure. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. A liar. And he that soweth discord among brethren. Wow. He puts that last one in among all those terrible sins. And that is, if you sow discord among brethren, if you try to get people against each other, 
The Lord says, I hate that. You see, God has a hate life. We as Christians are also to have a hate life. So if you're walking the good path, you're going to be rejecting evil because God does. And therefore, if God hates evil and we're to hate evil, then the Bible tells us that uh, we should reject all evil. We should reject it because we hate it. Look at verse 14 of this passage in Proverbs 4. It says this, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Don't go down that path. Don't be involved with those people who are doing those things. Don't get in that path. Reject it. You're reminded of what Psalm 1 says. And Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. The counsel of the ungodly, they're telling you how to think, and they're telling you what to do. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't get in that path. You're not with those people. You don't walk with those people. And he says we are to reject evil. Proverbs 1 says in verse 10, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up as alive, as the grave is whole, as those that go down into the pit. We shall find our precious, all precious substance, and we shall fill our houses with spoil. Those people who want to go that way, those people who want to steal, those people who want to loot, those people who want to bring destruction to other people, the Lord says to all of us, don't even get in that path. Get away from them. And young people should take that advice today and don't be around those that are doing wrong. God wants us to be godly people. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says it like this, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. And some translations read it like this, be not deceived, evil company corrupts good morals. And how true that is. If you're around the wrong people, then they're going to corrupt you. An illustration I used to give years ago is if you take a person and you stand them down on the ground and then you get up on a chair and you represent the person who has high morals and all of that, and uh, you've got the person down on the ground, and they, they have low morals, and they, they don't care how they live. Now, you tell me which one is easiest to get off of their position. <laughs> the guy on the chair that's high above him, and he's doing what's right, it's really hard for him to pull the guy up to his level. But it's not so hard for the guy on the lower level to pull the, the guy on the upper level down. It's easy to pull him down. And so it is. If you get around the wrong kind of people, you're setting yourself up for destruction. So the Lord says, reject the path of evil. Don't get near it. Don't go down that path. Reject it. And young people, I say to you today, those at school who try to get you to to go the wrong way, don't be around them. Those who curse, just get away from them. Those who tell dirty dirty jokes, don't you dare laugh. You just leave them. Get away from them. Don't get in that path because getting in that path is going to bring destruction to you. And fathers should take heed. A father who walks the good path is a father who walks the path where you reject evil. Every day, you reject it. You know, there's a lot of discussion today about alcohol. And some say it's okay and some say it's, it's bad. As far as I'm concerned, it's bad. Because, you know, in all my years, I haven't been able to come up with one good 
thing about drinking alcohol. Not a thing. I haven't been able to come up with one good thing about smoking cigarettes. I haven't been able to come up with one good thing about dipping snuff or any other thing. I haven't been able to come up with one good thing about committing immorality. Nothing at all. Should it be so hard for us to just say, I'm going to reject it. I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Some people say, oh, everything's in moderation. Well, some things, it's, it's dangerous to be in moderation. And so we need to say of evil, no, I'm just going to reject it. And God wants us to not to walk down that path, but we're to reject the evil. Also, the good path is a path that, is a path that, that polices certain things about you. To police means, you know, to keep in control, to to self-discipline. And a path that's a good path that a father should walk is a path that uh, puts self-discipline on himself and he controls certain things. He polices his ears, he polices his heart, he polices his lips, and he polices his eyes. Look at this in verse 20 in Proverbs 4. Verse 20 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Remember the little song, will be careful little ears what you hear. <laughs> and how that's true. We've got to be careful what we hear. What we put into our minds can hurt us. And so be careful what you listen to. Be careful what your friends tell you and you listen to their advice. Be careful what you see on TV and what you're hearing Be careful the music that you listen to. Be careful the social media that you're on. Be careful because that's the ear gate that takes it into your mind and your heart. Be careful. The Lord says police the path. The good path is a path where you police your ears. Also your heart. Look at verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. That's your mind and your innermost being. Keep, that means guard your heart. Don't let your heart be taken captive with things that are not right. Many times our heart, our innermost being, our mind, thinks on things that are not right, and nobody knows we're thinking about it, only God. And uh, because he's sort of far away, and it's going to be a while before we see him, we think, well, I'm not going to worry about that right now. But God says it's very serious what happens in your heart. As someone has rightfully said, hidden appetites will one day become open sin. Through my ministry, I've known of men who I respected, men who were doing a great work for God, and then some moral problem happened in their life and their ministry fell. What happened? Did it happen overnight? No, it didn't happen overnight. Was it just a sudden thing that took them by surprise? Probably not. It was in their hidden heart they were thinking about these things. They were dwelling on those things. And finally the opportunity came, and the hidden affair in the heart became the open sin. We have to guard our hearts. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so the good path polices your heart. Make sure your heart is in the right place, that you're desiring the right things, that you're thinking on the right things. And then he says, your lips, look at verse 24. Put away from thee a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. The word froward means crooked, and perverse means devious. 
Matthew, 20, Matthew 12, verse 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if your heart's not right, it won't be long before things will come out in your mouth. Many times, you know, somebody will come out with a curse word. I've had them do it around me and say, oh, I'm sorry, preacher, didn't mean to do that. Well, I say, okay, I understand, but I really do understand. Sometimes those things come out because they're in. They come out of the mouth because they're in the heart. And so we must be careful that, that, our, that we police our lips and that starts with policing our heart. Colossians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, not part of the time, but always with grace, seasoned with salt, flavorful, keeping down corruption, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. You know, we all face things that push our buttons. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, it, it tries how we're policing our lips because we have to be self-controlled, and the heart has to be controlled before the lips are going to be controlled, and so the Lord says, police your heart. The good path polices your ears, your heart, your lips, and then notice verse 25, your eyes. Verse 25, let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. We should look straight ahead on the right path and make sure that our focus is doing the will of God. That's the path we're we're on. And uh, he says, watch out for your eyes. They'll take you the wrong place. Sometimes you can tell something about a person by just watching them. Maybe it's in a crowd and you watch a man and you notice that his eyes keep drifting over to this woman or that woman and and he watches her, and he watches her. What's going on? His eyes are obeying his heart, and we have to be careful of that. Our eyes can hurt us, and so he says, be careful what you see. Psalm 119, verse 37 says, turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. An interesting verse is found in Isaiah 33, verse 15. It says this, we should walk righteously, we should speak uprightly, we should stop our ears from hearing of blood. Well, that canceled a lot of TV programs, wouldn't it? Stop our hear, ears from hearing of blood and shut our eyes from seeing evil. Watch your eyes. Make sure your eyes are looking at the right thing. And as Christians, what should we do? Well, Hebrews chapter 12 says, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us, lay us, let us lay aside that weight that easily besets us and let us run with patience the race set before us, looking unto Jesus. <laughs> looking unto Jesus. Those witnesses, those are Hebrews chapter 11. That's all those people of faith. They're great examples to us. And seeing we're compassed about with these witnesses, these examples, then walk that straight path. Stay on that good path. And that good path will be looking straight forward. And what's ahead of all of us? The head of all of us who know Jesus is Jesus himself. We're going to see him someday. We're going to see him. We'll give an account of our life, keeping your eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus. Does our path police our ears, our heart, our lips, and our eyes? If it does, you're on the good path. If it's not doing that, 
then you need to straighten back up, get back on the right path, and follow the Lord. But then finally, the good path is a path of many benefits. Let's look at a few of those. First of all, we go to verse 8. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. Talking about wisdom. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee, and shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. I know all of you probably, if I, as I mention this, you'll probably have someone in mind. Somebody you know whose life has been a life of sin, and they've gotten up into years, and you can t- tell by looking at them they've been affected by that life. And they don't have the honor they should have from their, for their children, their grandchildren, because of that life. But then you know of others who've lived for Jesus, and they've stayed, stayed firm and straight in the path for the Lord, and they have honor. Their body might be broken down like somebody who doesn't know the Lord, but there's honor there. And there's a certain beauty that comes by knowing Jesus. You see, you can tell when a person's been with Jesus. And the Lord says that you, one, of the, one of the benefits of walking that straight path, that good path, is to have honor and a certain beauty. And a crown, an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she, shall she deliver thee. That's wisdom. Another benefit is spiritual life and health. Look at verse 22. For thy life, thy, they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Life and health. Jesus said he came to give us abundant life. And health, look at chapter 3 of Proverbs, uh, verse 7. It says this. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Now, I believe that speaks of physical health. It also speaks of spiritual health. But a person who's healthy in the Lord, it's because they've walked that right path, that good path. Also, another benefit is security. Look at verse 26. It says, Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Be established. All thy ways be established. You see, for a child of God who's following the Lord, we know where we came from, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going. You know of the world today who don't know Jesus? They don't know where they came from. They say it was a big bang someday, some many millions of years ago. They don't know where they came from. They don't know why they're here. They live for themselves. They don't know that they're supposed to live for the glory of God, and they don't know where they're going. I heard the other day, as, as one of the movie stars said, he didn't believe in a life hereafter at all. When it was over here, it was just like burying a dog. Well, he's wrong, because there is a life after. But we who know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we know where we came from, we know why we're here, and we know where we're going. That's being established. That's being firm. That's, being, that's knowing what your life is about. Psalm 40 puts it in a wonderful way in Psalm 40. And I want to read that passage. And uh, it says in verse verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon the rock and established my goings, and he put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our God. Now that's an established person. A father who walks the good path has many benefits. 
and one of those is a firm foundation and established life. But I want to close with this. There's one more benefit. Look at verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. Now, what's the shining light? It's not me. It's not you. I think the shining light is Jesus. He's the light of the world. And the reason we're called the light of the world is because we have his light. And so he's the light of the world. And it says, uh, it says again in those verses, verse 18, but the path of the just, we're talking about the good path, is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. The contrast is verse 19. But the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. But we're walking on the, light of, the path of light. And you see, the closer you get to Jesus, the better you're able to see. The closer you get to Jesus, the better you're able to see what is wickedness and what is evil and call it for what it is. If you're starting to call these things acceptable, then you've gotten away from the Lord. Because the closer you get to the light, the more it reveals the evil. And the good thing about it is, for the Christian, one of the benefits of walking that good path is it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. We were at our family reunion this past weekend, and uh, one, of my, one of my cousins is 90 years old. He's a retired minister. And he's getting close to being with Jesus. And uh, the good thing about our family reunion is all my years going to fam- McGuffey family reunion, I never remember a person telling a dirty joke. I never remember a person cursing. I never saw alcohol of any kind at our family reunions. That speaks well of grandma and grandpa. <laughs> that speaks well of my mom and dad and, the, and his brothers and sisters. It speaks well of them. And uh, the Lord says, though, as you trust the Lord as your Savior and you walk, you're getting closer and closer to that wonderful light. And that is, we're going to be with Jesus. And what's it called? A perfect day. A perfect day. Someday we will see him, and it will be perfect. And he, we will be more than we ever imagined, greater than we ever imagined when we see Jesus. But walk that right path because it has many benefits. The path that God wants us to walk is a good path. It's a path of learning about God. It's a path of wisdom and understanding. It's a path that identifies evil. It's a path that rejects evil. It's a path that polices your ears, your heart, your lips, and your eyes. And it's a path that has many benefits. We need to walk that path. And in the United States of America, we have a great need for fathers who walk that path. I read some statistics. The U.S. has the world's highest rate of children living in a single-parent family. Isn't that awful? The great heritage that we have as a a nation that has followed the Lord, that followed the Lord for many years, the great heritage that we have, now we have the highest rate in the world of of children living in in, uh, single-parent homes. But let's take it down to the father's. 18.4 million children in the U.S. live in a fatherless home. That's nearly 25%. One out of four children live in a fatherless home. 90% of the homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Another statistic. 
60% of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And 80% of the youth who are in prison today come from fatherless homes. Doesn't those, don't those statistics just add a, an exclamation mark to what we've talked about today? And that is, fathers, make sure you're walking the good path. It's going to have great consequences for those who follow you. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for sharing with us the word of God from Proverbs 4. It's your word, Lord, and what we've gleaned from it is what you have written, and we thank you for it. I thank you that in a world that's so confused that we don't have to be confused. I thank you we have absolute truth, the word of God. If there's somebody here today who's on that wrong path, they've never trusted Jesus, may today be the day they trust him as their Savior. And I pray especially for our fathers that we might check every day Make sure that we're walking the good path. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.